every Pokemon episode ever podcast is now on YouTube. Go on YouTube and search every Pokemon episode ever podcast and click that subscribe button to never miss an episode. Welcome back, everybody, to another fantastic episode of the Every Pokemon Episode Ever podcast. This is episode 74, and I am one of your hosts this week, Wrestling Chris G, and my psychic brother on the other line this week, who can bend spoons with his mind, is good old Dougie Fresh. Dougie, my man, how you doing? can't bend them with my mind, but I can bend them. <laughs> I thought you could bend them with your mind, Doug. One time, but I got a nosebleed, so I quit. <laughs> so today's episode, and I'm going to I'm I'm on a roll, so I'm gonna try to get this out, is called <laughs> The Ancient Puzzle of Pokenopolis, or translated hey! from <laughs> Japanese. Woohoo! <laughs> uh translated from Japanese Clash Super Ancient Pokemon. I, I, you know, just because it's hard to say Pokenopolis, I'm gonna go with the Japanese title this week, Doug. Oh, uh, you, you wimp! <laughs> but how are you, how are you doing this week, man? Good. I'm good. That's good. That's good. I got two Pokemon packs um ready to go this week, Doug, and I'm gonna do something different this week. I'm gonna ask you at the beginning: Should I open? chilling rain pack or should i open the fusion strike pack this week i would say chilling rain chilling rain all right because we have not had a chilling rain pack on this show in probably like two months now. it's been a minute yeah for sure so i will go ahead and i will open that pack at the end of of today's episode but um this episode is a weirder episode um for filler episodes, it's kind of out there. Um, I would say, don't wouldn't you agree, Doug? Yeah, um, definitely a little bit of an out of the box episode. Um, I mean, obviously, we're we're almost out of the Ash is quote unquote training for the Pokemon League, so let's kind of some stuff at the wall and see what sticks and we're we're two weeks away now in in well episode wise um in the series we're we're officially two weeks away and ash has yet to train any of his pokemon we have not seen charizard in a month two months we have not seen charizard yeah so that freaking dude's full of it (laughs) so I, I I do not feel bad for Ash at all. So, but yeah, it's it's about that time, Doug. Um, today's episode premiered in Japan, November twenty sixth, nineteen ninety eight, and here in the states, October fourteenth, nineteen ninety nine. So, almost about a year later is when we got this episode translated and dubbed in English. So. Hopefully, I, I believe we're we're about to. Um, let's see. I believe we're about to almost jump into 
um, when the dates are getting closer. Oh, no, not at all. Because even in the That's orange, right. no, even in the orange islands, it's still 11 months in between. So, Shoot. so yeah, I know. But we do. We are about to get a break in a, in a couple of weeks after the Pokemon League because they take they give you the very first episode of the Orange Islands and then they say, okay, you gotta wait four weeks for the next episode, <laughs> which is kind of bullshit. But I mean, it that that's kids WB advertising for you at its best. Yeah, no kidding. So, but um, all right, Doug. Um, October fourteenth, mine comes from 1978 and when does yours um happen this week oh very close mine's from 82 82 okay okay so i'll be going first this week take a shot for me everybody all right 1978 and it's it's funny because this is gonna it, it might intertwine on the next episode i'm not quite sure yet but um, we you will find out next week if it does. Um, this was the on nineteen seventy eight October fourteenth was the first TV movie from a TV series Gilligan's Island, and the movie was called Rescue from Gilligan's Island. Um, I picked this one because my father loved Gil Gilligan's Island. I didn't really know too much. I mean, I, I've seen a few episodes and I've watched it with my father, but I didn't follow the story all that much. But my dad loved him some Gilligan's Island, Sanford and Son, um, Planet of the Apes, the original Planet of the Apes. And like he 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 and he still loves all that stuff. But I figured this one kind of hit home for me because I, my dad would force me to sit down and watch this if I was going to be watching my my Power Ranger episodes or Pokemon or something. He's like, well, if you're going to make me watch this shit, I'm, you, you're going to watch my shit. So <laughs> that, that, that is my date this week, Doug. What is yours? So on um, October 14th, 1982, uh, President Ronald Reagan officially claims a war on drugs a, um, a war on drugs a war on drugs um so you're talking you're talking the early 80s so um cocaine's hot in these streets i mean i always make that joke you know cocaine's a hell of a drug you know it's a famous Chappelle line from oh it's a rick it's a rick james line from Chappelle's show yes um but it literally was a hell of a drug. It was it was taken over people. Um, they were well taken over people. It was it was very <laughs> prevalent. Well, you do enough of it, um, <laughs> it takes over your whole body. They were starting to they were starting to fucking cook it and and make crack. I mean, it was, it was getting hot and heavy in these streets. Um. So, you know, Reagan says, you know, we're going to have a war on drugs. So he puts a puts a heavy emphasis on uh, drug enforcement uh, at a higher level. Um, he increases the budgets for anti-drug programs. So that's where we get like D.A.R.E. and gang and stuff like that. So that um, so that's where D.A.R.E. came from. Yes, sir. Um, 
he uh, he bumped up the pressure on the FBI and the and the drug enforcement agency and the department. I mean, he got everybody involved. He's like, this shit's ridiculous. We're we're cracking down. Pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> and I mean, you could argue that it worked. You could argue that it didn't. You know, depending on your thought, I'm not going to sit here and and start no shit. Um, oh, that's where yeah. you draw the line, Doug. That's, that's where I draw the line. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> that's, where, yeah, that's exactly where I draw the line. <laughs> All right. Yeah, more on drugs. All right. And I'm sorry, everybody, um, that loves our rambles at the beginnings of episodes, but we're literally doing a threefer episode uh, back to back to back. So <laughs> there's only so much talking that we can do to, that we're trying to catch up in. I feel like we kind of caught up last week. So I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for the shortness, but um are you ready are you ready, Doug, to get into this weird episode of Pokemon, the ancient puzzle of Pokenopolis. Well, I mean, give them fair warning. They ain't going to get shit next week either. <laughs> no, they're not. Well, they might. I have I have something that, that I can talk about, but I'm not going to talk well, about it on this episode. It's going to be a one-man show. <laughs> All right. So we start, <clears throat> we start this week's episode. Unlike everything else, we have two weeks away from the Pokemon League, but it looks like Ash is finally training for the Pokemon League, but he's training the wrong Pokemon. Pikachu has been out this whole damn time. <laughs> yeah, Pikachu. <laughs> I said, I said it. Um, <laughs> I said it last week or whatever the hell. Or, yeah, last week, as you said the last. I said it before. Pikachu's fine. Pikachu does not need to be trained, but Pikachu. Pikachu is absolutely Pikachu probably steal you around by himself at this point. Yes, for real. Pikachu can defend its own damn self. But um alright, but Ash is facing Brock in an exhibition match, and it's Vulpix versus Pikachu. And Brock is like, Vulpix, go! So we finally see Vulpix and at Pikachu and Vulpix are bouncing off of each other and they're like, boom! Boom, boom. And Pikachu is getting ready to do an electric attack. And um, the narrator's like the Pokemon um, championships is drawing closer because we're only two weeks away. Misty and Togepi are over there fishing. And Ash Ash tells Pikachu to use Thunderbolt, Frick it. Or he no, he says electric attack, which is dumb because what is that what is that even what is i mean what the what are we doing here exactly but brock <clears throat> looks over at at volpix and he doesn't say use a fire attack no he says use <laughs> <laughs> use flamethrower and so <laughs> and brock is like volpix flamethrower and Volpix is gathering up all of the flame in its little tummy, and it's getting ready to blast it. And Pikachu is getting ready to use some type of electric attack that we don't know what it's about to do. It's up to Pikachu. And then jumps in freaking Jigglypuff in the one episode that it doesn't fucking belong in. But 
it just jumps in. It should have been in the damn Hollywood episode. It absolutely should have been. I mean, that was a that was a sneaky music episode as it was. Give Jigglypuff a song at the at the end of the episode. Put the narrator to sleep. It could be funny, you know, <laughs> for real. But um, but Jigglypuff comes in <clears throat> and Ash is like, "Oh shit, it's Jigglypuff," and Pikachu has enough um uh, wherewithal to deflect its attack. Brock has to tell Volpix, Volpix deflect, and Volpix, eyes glowing yellow, moves away and just goes, bah! and they they shoot up their attack at, at the rocks that's right next to it. Jigglypuff is squinting, thinking it's about to get freaking fried, but then out of nowhere, there's a huge explosion. We see some scientists, it looks like... um. Some scientists are off in the distance and they hear the big explosion and they're like, what the hell was that? And then we go back just to find out, oh, we well, we get the title card, um, which is two minutes into the episode. It's a minute less than what it's been in the past other episodes. They learned their lesson. I know. But then we, we come back and we, we see everything's cleared up and there's a big old bell and it looks like a cave that they have blasted into um into the the rock wall that was that was there. Doug, you want to take it from here? So yeah, um Ash, Brock, and Misty are kind of staring uh kind of dumbstruck. Um and I was more focused on uh, Jigglypuff in the background because um Jigglypuff realizes shit has has gone and done fucked up. And Jigglypuff said, I'm just going to go over here real quick and runs off. And um, Brock goes up to a piece of the rubble and clears away some stones. And he finds this weird looking artifact. um, And Brock and Misty turn into complete 10 year olds because Misty said it looks pretty and Ash goes yeah pretty funny looking or pretty <laughs> weird rather you know total like freaking you know fourth grader shit and um and you know, we don't really um you know and they're stuck looking at what it is and as they're looking at it it's snatched clean out of Brock's hands and we see the um female um taking credit for finding shit that she didn't find. She says, and she's got a French accent, but I'm not going to do it because I can't do it. <laughs> um, he says, professor, I found it. And, or, or come see what I found. And he, and she goes running off. And thankfully the professor has enough wherewithal to have fucking gloves on. Yeah. And, yeah. They're all just touching this thing. They don't know what it is. And, you know, um, the professor's giving uh, this chick all the credit. And for the first time ever, Brock's not like automatically dumbstruck because of a pretty woman. He says, uh, I'll beg your pardon, but actually I found whatever that is. And he, he, and he tries to explain himself. He says, see, uh, my friend and I were having a trainer battle and, and then, you know, and then he gets, cut off and the woman's like well thanks a lot you know i couldn't have done it without you and um 
and she turns around and goes, this is the discovery we were hoping for. And she's taking all the credit and the guy's shaking her hand and the, the other, uh, excavators are, are smiling and Brock and or Brock Ash and Misty are just in the background going, we're getting fucked. Aren't we? <laughs> At least he knows when he's getting fucked. <laughs> <laughs> he wishes um like that cartman line <laughs> they didn't even lose use any lube when i got back <laughs> and we pan over and we see that the head professor has already set up a camp and um misty and ash are floating around still trying to look for credit they're not getting it and and then off in the distance we see Team Rocket because we can't have an episode without Team Rocket back in the day. So they're inside of the tent and <clears throat> they're looking over all of the artifacts. Um, this, did we get the name of this girl or has she not introduced herself properly yet? Because I've watched it. This is my second time and I have not seen the name of this girl. If we, if we did, it completely slipped my mind early. Okay. Well... I'm going to call her just the scientist because I don't think we've, because I'm, I'm literally looking at the subtitles and I do not see call her. her you could call her Frenchie. <laughs> Check number two. <laughs> Check number two. So. Not Jesse. No, not Jesse. <laughs> so um, they're inside of the tent and they're looking at all of these artifacts. And one of them that pops out is a Psyduck. And it looks like it has a bunch of different writings all over its body. So it looks weird. There's a weird plate, um, some other artifacts that look like it was found. But off in the distance, we we see Pikachu is looking at the artifact that Brock and Ash had just found. And um, and they're, they're looking at this stuff. And then Misty gets the bright idea. She's like... She's like, I think I know what you're trying to study. I've heard about it in the past. It was something about the history of the Pokanopolis. And where Misty knows about Pokanopolis is beyond me because none of, nobody else that was inside of this tent outside of the scientists knew what the hell Pokanopolis was, Doug. Yes, but uh, pardon me, for goodness sake. Um, then we find out that the um, the female... Archaeologist, that's the word I couldn't think of earlier. Archaeologist. Archaeologist. That that that's a good one. Um we find out that she's kind of a wunderkin um because she was she was doing all this um highfalutin schooling when she was a like she wasn't even, you know, double digits in age and she was writing books and Yeah, um, apparently she was she was really smart. At the age of nine she had written her own book. That's what it was. And the the professor, the only one that wears gloves around here, apparently, um, he's like singing her praise and she's like, oh, she's brilliant. She's this, that, and the other. And she's getting embarrassed and she's like, <clears throat> pardon me, she's pushing him out the tent. She's like, that's up of my praise, professor. And, you know, she's got the, crucially, she's got this um, spoon in her hand. Yes. Uh, which has identical markings to the whistle question mark that brock found question mark yeah it, and, it it looks just like it 
and uh, that's under uh, that's under uh, a protective uh, glass case, and um, we got a good line of you know Brock, Ash, and Misty are dumbstruck that you know she's gone through all this and she's this young, and Misty has a good line of when I was eight years old, I was still afraid of doctors, and <laughs> which was funny because that was my... really good. Because my, my son hates doctors um, if he knows he's about to get a shot. Then and, he, and that, well, and they, and they sneak up on you these days. Yeah, they do. They're like, oh, look to the left, poke. <laughs> yeah, that's some kind of invasion of privacy. Um, but and... but um, I want to point out <clears throat> that when they have the spoon and they're moving the spoon back and forth, um, it starts... Um, it starts to make the item that um, Brock and Ash have found start to glow. And Pikachu notices it, but it stops glowing right before Pikachu can um, really see exactly what's going on. And unfortunately, as in sync as Ash and Pikachu are, see, Pikachu didn't really try. Because Ash looks at Pikachu and says, what's wrong? And Pikachu just kind of looks dejected, like, oh, it stopped glowing. Couldn't he have pointed at the thing and, like, done, like, a... I don't think Pikachu um, understood that it was was glowing, to be honest. I, 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 I think Pikachu was like, was that glowing? I think it was glowing, but I didn't fully see it glowing, so... Yeah, so... Ah. What's up? We, we've we've got an identification on the on the female archaeologist. Oh, what's her name? Eve. Eve. Okay, that's easy. That's real easy. Yeah. All right. So. So Eve pulls out this um, tablet that looks like um, looks like something that would have had the Ten Commandments written on it, and um. Misty's like, what kind of writing is on that thing, Eve? And, um, and Eve says, or Misty's uh, wondering if it's about Poconopolis. And Eve's like, it says, beware the two great powers of destruction. So obviously Kane and Undertaker. Um <laughs> But um, but yeah, they're they're basically foreshadowing what's going to happen later on, and then we shoot from that because Brock ends up running away from the away from the tent, and Ash is like, "Oh, Brock! Brock just loves, um, Brock just loves history," and he's kind of embarrassed. But then we shoot right outside to Team Rocket, and Team Rocket is out looking at, with their binoculars again, and they're looking over at the tent. And they're like, um, th- that built temples in honor of great Pokemon. So all we need to do is grab some of those items and bring them back to the boss, and we will be, uh, will be the best. And freaking Meowth gets stomped in the face by both. Oops, excuse me, by both um, <laughs> Jesse and James, who end up kicking him for no damn reason. Like oh, Meowth, Meowth has had a couple of bad episodes. Yeah, but for real, like Meowth has a good idea. It, were they not gonna go down there and and try to steal some of those items? 
No, I mean, yeah, they were. Why are they kicking me out? Because they didn't think of it. So we go straight from that to the nighttime. Yeah, so. What's up, Doug? I I was going to take it. Um, Oh, yeah, go, go for it, my brother. So we're in the RV and so it's the, it's our trio and Pikachu and Togepi and Eve. I think this is probably the closest Brock's been to a girl at night that wasn't Misty. Um, (laughs) And the two items, the one that Brock found and the spoon that Eve was waving earlier are on the table under glass and they both start glowing. Um, well, no, I, I take it back. The whistle thing is glowing, and then the spoon starts to uh, vibrate. Yes. And Team Rocket is hidden in bushes, um, and they're they're doing their motto in whisper tones because you know nighttime and all that. They gotta be quiet, yo. And they're and they're doing they're literally doing the Scooby Doo villain sneak, and just tiptoeing. And then Meow's like, "Hey, you idiots! Why are we doing the whole motto? Don't we got to grab shit and run?" And then we have a a, a minor argument, and um, Jesse says, "Well, the biggest stuff must be in the temple." <clears throat> so she throws out Arbok. And says, come back with the most, what does she say? Come back with the co- most co- valuable treasure you can find. Yes. So Arbok goes and digs underneath the ground. And they're like, so what are we going to do? Um, are we just going to, when Arbok brings it back, are we just going to share it? And Jesse's like, what? She's like, the most ridiculous idea I've heard. And she's like, I, I'm I'm not doing this for no money. You won't. Um, you won't have to do um the decent you won't have to do the decent thing is what she's screaming at him and James is like if the treasure's large enough um I can make myself the boss he's like the big enchilada <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> as he says the king quesadilla and uh Meow shakes his head and he goes it's a shame they're power hungry and the benefit of uh, closed captioning, we can hear that there's two more, uh, the grand guacamole and the number one nacho. <laughs> um, and then Arbok uh, comes through the temple. And he's got um, uh, shiny in his mouth. And he says, wasn't there, uh, Jesse says, wasn't there anything else? Is that all you could find? And about the time she starts talking smack, <clears throat> Arbox, Arbox. Ar- Arbox starts to glow. Yeah. <laughs> and once Arbox starts to glow, it st- Arbox starts to glow like a bright red, and then it just vanishes. And they're like, um, where the hell did Arbok go? And Meowth is like, I think wherever it went, it went inside that thing that it had in its mouth. And then it starts walking closer to Jesse, James, and Meowth, and you can see some footprints in the ground. And they're like, oh, 
shit, uh, we should probably <laughs> run. So they, they go and they try to run. They get like three steps in and then they're frozen. And then and it says, we're catatonic. <laughs> that was a good line. That was a very good line. That was good. That was really good. That was good. And um, from there, um, we can only imagine what happened to them because we don't get to, we actually don't get to see Team Rocket um, vanish into whatever this little balls thing is. It's it's little th- it's literally three balls. It's two balls and one smaller ball in the middle. Hey, sometimes you just need an extra. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're we're back. We're, we've got the next morning. It's a it's a clean, clear day. Uh, we're back at the the dig site. And everybody's looking at. They looking at. They're looking at the. They're 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 looking at the footprints. Well, yeah, and then the. Pardon me, for goodness sakes. The professor picks up the three ball object, and he disappears. Yes, and and everyone is astonished at this point. And we see a brief flash of Jesse, James, and Meow saying, hey, you know, get us out of here. And everybody starts running. And Trio plus Eve gets away. But the um, the other archaeologists get froze and captured in the device. And um as they're in the camper, all this stuff goes starts going topsy turvy, and then we actually have a point of view from inside the little device, and everybody's petrified except for the uh, the lead professor. He's looking around. He's got a, lo- a little monocle, and he's like, "This is fascinating." <laughs> and and he and Jesse and James, they're like, they're like, "Where, where are we?" And they note noted they've been inside of this thing since nighttime. It is now daytime, so they yes. they 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 have no idea what's going on. But imagine they're they're all inside of this, <clears throat> the smallest ball, so it it's already cramped in here. And not only is the professor in there, three of his um colleagues are in there, plus Team Rocket is in there. So there is a total of. Six people inside of this thing right now, and one Pokemon, and you know, and and it looks like Jesse called Arbok back because Arbok was taking up too much space, which would make sense. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, as you were saying, um, the scientist is looking around, and he's like, he's like, this is fascinating. This is really, really nice, dark, and invasive. And freaking James is like, I'd rather be out, be in Miami Beach, uh, which is another U.S. pun. Something they 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 don't do these days in Pokemon. They don't intertwine the U.S. anymore into Pokemon. But so it's it's funny every time that they bring up like U.S. things, um, into into Pokemon. But then we go to yeah. the, oh sorry. I was going to say, I think they've dropped that because I I think they figured they don't have to dumb it down for us stupid Americans anymore because it's popular enough as it is. Yeah, for real. So we go straight to the outside and the ball is no longer 
um, a visible thing. The ball transforms into a tall Gengar with weird writing all over it. But this Gengar is no regular Gengar. This Gengar is about, <laughs> it looks like about like 60 feet tall and just really, really wide. And he looks like a freaking monster. He looks like the Hulk from the Avengers, like the size of the Ooh. Hulk. Ooh, I like that. That's good. So uh that that's about the size of this Gengar. Doug, do you wanna you wanna take this next part of the scene? I don't like this because Ash plays a complete I don't know if it's ignorance or arrogance or whatever. But Misty's like, well that that doesn't look like a Gengar. Um and Ash is like, Misty's right, that can't be a Gengar. It's too big. I've I've seen Gengar before and it didn't have those weird markings on it. It's like, who the hell is Ash to say what something is or isn't? He he has to pull out his Pokemon with every or Pokey Pokey Pokedex. Pokedex <laughs> with every other Pokemon he sees. Who now all of a sudden he's a goddamn expert on what is and isn't? I mean <laughs> Well, at least at least Dexter knows that Gengar is an actual thing this time because last time it was like there's no info on this Pokemon. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it, well, it's it's gone through an update, I think. Yeah, it has. <laughs> so um, so they 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 know Gengar is a ghost Pokemon, but there's no more data on this Pokemon. And Eve looks up and goes this must be what the tablet foretold. And they look behind him and all the shit's floating. The The original artifact is still glowing. And Angar is turning the the mountains all gloomy. And Professor Oak looks out from his um, balcony and sees everything. And Angar's on the warpath. <laughs> Freaking Professor Oak is like, ooh, a storm's a brewing. <laughs> Trick knees acting up. <laughs> I better get these Pokemon inside. <laughs> better round up all Ash's Toros. <laughs> but um but yeah, they we, we go back to the scene where everything is basically going to shit. And and Ash is Ash looks right in and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna try to stop this thing. And he just runs off from Eve, um, um, Misty and Brock. And Eve is like, no, it's too powerful. And Ash is like, the nearest town is my hometown, but you won't be able to stop it. He's like, maybe you're right, but I gotta do something. And then it's a total freaking action hero line. You might be right, but I've got to do something. <laughs> and he's like, "Let's go, Pikachu!" And Pikachu, Pikachu's like, "Well, shit. I, I mean, he is my my owner, but do I really go into this idiocy? <laughs> I, I could go back to not listening to him. <laughs> I could. I, I, I do have electric powers, so." It's at this point that even Brock is standing back and Brock has sweat running down his face. He's like, well, son of a bitch, why does he have to? I can't let anything happen to Ash. Freaking Mrs. Ketchum will freaking chop me up. So they they all start running, running after after Ash to go and fight this big <laughs> ass Gengar. And 
Brock is like, I gotta help him before it's too late. Another action hero line. <laughs> they were watching. They, they they were watching too many Saturday night, Saturday morning Spider Man cartoons. <laughs> hey, well, you know it is WB. Well, no, so it would be Batman. Yeah, it would be Batman on here, but they uh, they they were watching some some Fox Fox Kids freaking Spider Man. I mean, these lines are just too. Heroicy, <laughs> <laughs> but um, we go inside of the of the tent, and the item that Brock and Ash have found is um, floating now inside of the tent, and it's glowing again. So, Doug, you want to take it from here? Okay. So, the who's that Pokemon Jigglypuff? Sorry, who's that Pokemon is Jigglypuff? Yes, and. <clears throat> They're in the tent. And, God damn it. Cooperate. So. So so when we when we come it is, back, it is not cooperate. It is not cooperating with me right now. No, you're good. I'll I'll I'll, I'll continue, my brother. Um. So we uh we come back and they're outside and they find the big onyx and onyx i mean not the big onyx they find the big gengar ah, and gengar still three episodes in a row he said it's fine <laughs> he said um gengar is taking down telephone lines taking down trees he's destroying everything around him and brock's bright idea is to hurt him with his onyx so he's like hurry onyx we need your help He's like, go underground and block that Gengar. So Onyx dives underneath the ground. Uh, Ash t- sends out his Pidgeotto. And Pidgeotto goes up to try to use its gust attack. And it looks like it's just giving Gengar a breeze because Gengar just smiles. <laughs> and then he glows his eyes. And then he sucks in freaking Pidgeotto into his stomach. Best way to capture Pokemon, I'm telling you. Yeah, that's the way. These Pokeballs, man. And <laughs> freaking Mewtwo and Gengar got it got it down. <laughs> and freaking um so Pidgeotto drops into the the dark matter and takes out Meowth and Jesse picks it up and goes, Can't you battle better than that, you broken down bird? You Pidgeotto's out of it, but Jesse's just shaking the <clears throat> and Onyx pops up from underground and tries to pardon me, tries to wrap its wrap itself around Gengar and just gets absorbed into it. So like, Gengar didn't even have to summon Onyx, it just happened. No. And freaking um Onyx just just gets sucked. Like 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 the way that it just molded into Gengar, like I felt I felt I feel bad for everyone that's inside of Gengar right now because there's not much space because even though Gengar is a huge Pokemon now the the three little balls are still um are still inside of this Gengar and it that that space is not getting any bigger. No, I mean it's just completely cramped now. I mean Onyx doesn't shrink down to fit into it it just happens and so they're just completely just smushed 
So we we go back and Gengar finally notices Ash, Misty, and Brock. And Brock has the bright idea. He's like, I think we better run. So they start running and they run back to the to the um, station wagon, which Eve is in. And Eve is floating with all of her belongings um, floating around her. And she has yellow eyes. So she is being taken over by some um, spiritual thing. And they, they come to the conclusion that she's under a spell. And Brock tries to be the superhero and run in. But Misty and, and Ash grab him and like, no, she's under a spell. We can't even get over there because we'll get swallowed in too. And then what are we going to do? And then the device that um, Brock and Ash have found at the beginning of the episode that was underneath the glass just shatters. And Eve has a floating spoon that that matches the uh, writing on the other device. And the spoon and this device uh, go together and the spoon acts like a key. And then all of a sudden a big flash of light just shoots out of the station wagon and freaking goes into the air and forms a new Pokemon and it forms none other than Alakazam and Eve snaps out of her um, spell that she was under. Doug? And they have a good line of, that's not just Alakazam, that's Alakalassal. And you ha ha ha. Um, and then, you know, Ash is able to pull out Dexter and we find out that Alakazam is a psychic Pokemon. I feel like they've met Alakazam before. Um, or was it just Kadabra? No, with, it, um, it, Sabrina? It, it was just Kadabra because she had an Abra and it evolved into uh, Kadabra. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Didn't get that far. Um, so he said, this Pokemon uh, uses psychic attacks uh, to overcome its opponents. Um, and Ash kind of uses, you know, quick logic and saying, well, this attacks must be this much more powerful because it's gigantic. And, you know, obviously anybody that knows Alakazam knows that it has the two spoons in its hands and it's using those spoons to conjure up um, energy and it's putting like uh, rock formations behind Gengar and, and... The, these rock formations look weird and Ash even kind of points out he's like what the hell is that because they have it looks like they have like purple or bluish goo all over it and then they're like, I'll tell you this much. I don't want to stick around to find out. And then we <clears throat> then we end up having like a big time like kaiju battle between this gigantic Gengar and, and this massive Alakazam. And we've got Gengar's dark energy and Alakazam's um, spoon energy. And it's just, it's intertwined. It's going up in the sky and the sky's black. And Eve's having a flashback to the writing that's on the tablet. And, and and we also get a close up of what's going on inside of Gengar. Everyone's getting shaken up because every time Gengar gets hit, um, everyone on the inside is impacted by it. Yes, and Eve is having like an existent, uh, existential crisis because 
know, she was the one that's been digging around looking for the stuff. And if she hadn't have gone looking, none of this would have happened. And no, Abe, it's not your fault, even though it kind of might be, but we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> and you know, then we remember the Brock or Brock. Then we remember the Ash is ten years old because his bright solution is to catch him. Yep. And well, Ash, these are like super gigantic ancient Pokemon. He goes, well, they're still Pokemon, and he throws two Pokeballs, and they get disintegrated. Like, and and when you say disintegrated, like these Pokeballs literally explode in the air, and they just turn to like just flames, just boom. Like they they look like bombs. Yeah, they ain't coming back either. No. <laughs> and Ash has the dumbest look on his face. And they uh, and, th- and their body gets frozen because Alakazam and Gengar look over at them and they're like, did you just try to capture us, you stupid SOB? But Pikachu doesn't, doesn't get um, in the mix of being frozen because they miss Pikachu and Pikachu runs over into the water and goes, Thundershock! And just Thundershock's the mess out of them. Everyone that's on the inside of Gengar is getting fried at this point. But um, but it, it it hurt him. It did it did its job. And Gengar and Alakazam um, continue to start battling each other and throwing um, their psychic powers wherever it goes. They're they're Alakazam is making these rocks everywhere, and Gengar is blowing up trailers. It's it's a Big old mess. Good job. Yeah, man. that tra- that trailer got absolutely wrecked. Yep. And then and then from the explosion, freaking we get Jigglypuff again because Jigglypuff gets knocked off a cliff, tumbles down, and still wants to have a freaking performance with all the chaos. I mean, if it's gonna go down, it's gonna go down singing. If it's gonna go, yeah. I mean, what what's that Fallout Boy song? We're going down, down, sugar. We're going down, swinging. Um, that's a banger. Um, <laughs> so I gotta be honest. What's up? I didn't care for this. Really? Like this ending. This ending completely felt like a the, the biggest possible cop out. I think you could have. Yeah, because. We we come to find out that um, there's a third psychic to this mix, and it's none other than a big old Jigglypuff. Because actually, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. Jigglypuff starts to sing, but it's not doing anything to the uh, to the Gengar and Alakazam. And I want to point out that Ash and them they didn't fall asleep at, at first when Jigglypuff started singing. Oh, they didn't. Which I think is so. The, so if if it's not working on them, how the fuck is it gonna work on Alakazam and Gengar? So, who, what's up? Said who technically might not be alive if you get down to brass tacks. I know, but the, but Jigglypuff should be happy. This is the first time people didn't fall asleep during her performance. But oh, uh, that's a fair point. So, um. Then we find out that there's a third party in this whole mix, and it's an it's a gigantic, um, which we call it, a gigantic Jigglypuff, and the Jigglypuff has writings all over it too, and 
the its microphone is the big old bell that is on top of the cave where they found all of these items. Yes, and it actually comes out of the actually comes out of the bell itself. Yes. And I knew it had a dumb name. Somebody called it Bigly Pup. <laughs> but um before it comes out, Alakazam crashes into Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff goes flying, so no more Jigglypuff this episode. No, Jigglypuff has gone blasting off again. Yes. And this big old Bigly Buff is is freaking it starts to sing and it's like bah, 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 bah. like it doesn't even sound like a jigglypuff because its lungs are influctuated by like a hundred times its size and it puts Gengar and Alakazam to sleep Doug and it should have killed the humans probably you would think so right I mean, all they're doing to try to, and I'm using air quotes for podcast listeners, all they do to protect themselves is cover their ears. Yes. They should have at least shattered their eardrums, for goodness sakes. But they they fell right to the ground, and um, Gengar and Alakazam is passed out asleep. But everyone else fell asleep, too. So Jigglypuff put everybody to sleep. And I I don't get it because Jigglypuff was so loud. Like it was just like, but Jigglypuff Jigglypuff did do what the other Jigglypuff um, does. And apparently this big old bell is a big old paintbrush. Which, mm-hmm. <laughs> which she went and started painting all over Alakazam and Gengar, and it looks. Uh, did, did did Jigglypuff get everybody else? It, it it was only focused on Gengar and um and Alakazam. Uh, Alakazam. So, but they went away that after that paintbrush. Might have um might have broken somebody's nose. <laughs> I, I think so too. With his at least. But we wake up and everybody is now outside of Gengar and Gengar, Alakazam, and Jigglypuff are now gone away. We have and, no we have no idea where they went. And Team Rocket's doing a little crying session because they're happy they survived. And um they they're they were go they were split second away from you know throwing down with ash and then they were like well you know what since we all just went through all that we're just going to call this one even and we'll we'll get you next time and they run off and and I don't blame them and Misty's like well what do you think happened to Gengar and Alakazam and Eve says well they must have returned to the shadow world she literally throws her hands up and says, they must have returned there, I guess. And um, we're kind of putting the pieces together and we're figuring out that the giant um, Higgly Puff might have been like humanity's one true savior. And that was literally the end of... We, we, we really had no real ending to this episode. They literally woke oh. up 
where it's like, where did everybody go? Ash still hasn't trained for the Pokemon League. And then they end it. <laughs> it's like, they're like, okay, so production in this episode is is already out of the water and we have nowhere else to go. So we're just going to end this episode. And, you know, the narrator does his best to try to sum up everything and saying, is, is this the end of the mystery of Pokenopolis or is this just the beginning of everything that was discovered? And he's using all this, you know, and he says, you know, the one thing that you can't forget is we haven't solved the biggest mystery of them all. Will Ash ever get around to training? <laughs> See, even the narrator it wants Ash to finally start training. He has one week left. One more week. And then it's Pokemon League time. And then it's Pokemon League time, finally. Yeah, I know. It's like it took us forever to get here. So, all right. But... At this point, everybody, um, that was this week's episode. I'm going to give this a flat, like, two for filler episodes because I didn't really care too much for it. Doug, what, what would you do on your Oh, I'll either? bump it I'll I'll bump it up. I like the big kaiju battle and the, the possession of Eve. I'll give it a three. Okay. All right. So you give it a three. I give it a two. And it's now time for the Chilling Rain Pokemon Pack, everybody. All right. My pack is open already. So I do have a white card, which means that this might be a decent pack. So, hey, all right. So, Doug, um, what energy am I about to look at? Uh, psychic. Fire. Damn. Damn it. Damn. I, I, I kind of feel like you were going to say fire but you didn't <laughs> but um i got fire energy cilio a clara training card a hunter a snor hey. <laughs> snorunt yeah the, a hunter in this episode that's that's kind of good luck right there so let's see what this last card is i have a bone sweet a cub foo an inky inke i don't know how to pronounce it a diglet my reverse hollow is a Galarian um, Surfetch. It evolved from a Galarian Farfetch. Hey, and, all right. And my, ooh, I have this card, but it's a lucky, lucky one. I got a Shadow Rider Calyrex V. So that is my rare card coming out of this. And I'm going to say that's a winner because um, a lot of people love this card. And it is kind of hard to get this card. So, and it's the star of an expansion pack from Sword and Shield. So, <clears throat> which which I which I never did complete, by the way. I need to finally go and complete that Sword and Shield. Yeah, 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 slacker. Yeah, for real. I got up to the last level and didn't beat it. <laughs> so, all right, that was this week's episode. Do you have anything else to add for this week, Doug? I don't. We're just we're just chugging along at this point. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody. And if you haven't already, go over to Patreon because I forgot to plug it on the last episode. But Patreon is free, everybody, for one month. For the month of January, it is completely free. Go up, go on over there. And if you like what you are listening to and you like the episodes one week in advance then stick around. It's only $5 to um, listen to episodes one week in advance starting in February going 
forward when we put the billing back up. So um, if that if that's about it, Doug, um, go ahead and say goodbye, Doug. Goodbye, Doug. And this is Wrestling Chris G signing out, telling all of you I will see you on the next episode. One more, everybody. Just one more filler. Just one more. Have a good night, everyone.